Our New Testament reading this morning comes from Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 5, beginning with the 16th verse. It is a fitting reading after this week. Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the Spirit, and what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not subject to the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I'm warning you, as I warned before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. The word of the Lord. Join me in a prayer. A word, O oh God, we seek a word, your word, your word to us at this very moment, in this very place, with this family. Your word. May we hear it. Amen. Why do you give? What inspires you to give? Why give to this church? Why Canyon Creek? These are the questions we've asked over the past couple of weeks as part of our stewardship campaign for the next year. We've talked about giving as relational, how when you give, you enter a relationship in, which involves both giving and receiving, that the two go hand in hand and cannot exist apart from one another. It's a relationship. We talked about giving as inspirational, how it hits us like 
and infection starts here and creeps down into the bottom of your soul and all the way out to the tips of your fingers and when you're inspired to give, you find yourself giving in different ways because you are different. One thing we haven't mentioned though is that giving is the antidote to hate. It's the antidote to hate. And this week has shown us yet again what hate looks like. Explosives mailed to specific public figures. Another shooting yesterday. Another one. This time targeted at our Jewish brothers and sisters in their place of worship. One of my childhood friends who happens to be Jewish posted online, what have we done to such hate. But giving is the antidote to hate. Because giving is an act of love. I have yet that I recall to meet someone who gives because they hate. But I've met a lot of people who give because they love and have been loved and know they are loved because giving is an act of of love, the antidote to hate giving is. Our reading gets right into that kind of stuff. Starts off by live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. <clears throat> live by the Spirit. For the desires of the flesh are opposed to the spirit and what the spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. What we're presented with here is what seems like two different natures, two powers, you might say, that seem in stark contrast to one another, that stand in opposition to one another, these two powers. <clears throat> the first power is the power of the flesh which takes a little explaining. Because when we read that word, what do we think of? We think of flesh, right? We think of skin. We think of material things. As if what is meant here is that all material things are inherently bad, which is not what is being said here fully, not completely, maybe partially, but not fully. In order to understand that, you have to get at the deeper meaning of the Greek word sarx, which does mean flesh, but it also means instinct, base self, our deepest instinctive self. And sometimes it's good to listen to our instincts. Like when we're in a dangerous situation, our instincts say, get out, and it's the right instinct. So it's good sometimes to listen to our instincts, our base self, but, 
But to live our life all the time that way, maybe not so much. So another way to think of this word, instead of flesh, you might translate it into, instead of desire of the flesh, you might translate it into power of self. Power of self. The first power. The other one is a little more clear, power of the spirit. Or we might call it power beyond self. So power of self, we have power of self and power beyond self. And they feel like two distinct natures that oppose one another, that butt heads and hold are held in tension together. And that may not be the best way to think about it, at least for what's trying to be conveyed to us in this passage. A different way to think about it is suggested by New Testament professor Charles Kuzar, who suggests that instead of thinking of it as, as two natures within ourself, as if we have a split personality or something weird like that, a different way to think about it that Paul is in fact trying to get at here is instead of two natures, think of them as two different directions that an individual can take. Two different ways to go, ways to live. One can live solely by the power of self, or one can live listening to the power beyond self, which presents us with that very choice. How do you try to live your life solely by the power of self or by listening to the power beyond self? If you only live listening to the power of self, without any regard or any care for anything or anyone else, then slowly but surely, your heart is going to be filled with things like envy, strife, anger, jealousy. Your heart will only know hate. But if you listen to the power beyond self, Slowly but surely, your heart will be filled with things like joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, patience, generosity. Your heart will only know love. If you only listen to the power of self, then your ability to care for other people and other things goes down. But if you listen to the power beyond self, your ability to care for other people and other things goes up. That's what Paul means when he says things like those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh. In other words, he's saying they've let go of the power of self in order to embrace the power beyond self, in order to be led by the Holy Spirit. That's what he means when he writes those lines. And that's why Canyon Creek. That's why. If you ever want to be reminded of why you give to this church, why Canyon Creek, all you have to do is pull out that line from Galatians chapter 5. If you live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. That's what we do. That's who we try to be. 
Our ongoing prayer is to be led by the Spirit, the power beyond ourselves. Our hope is that more and more our lives will reflect the things our hearts are filled with joy, peace, kindness, generosity, patience, gentleness. Our wish is that God might so fill our hearts with the love of Jesus Christ that there is no room for anything else. You want to know why I give to this church? It's not because I work here. It's a good reason, though. Your why. I get the unique perspective of being able to look out at you and watch you. You inspire me to give. Not because of anything you do specifically, but what I see Christ doing through you. When I look out at you, I see Christ alive and active in the world. When I look out at you, I see the presence of the Holy Spirit. When I look out at you, I am reminded of why I give to this church and why I plan to give more next year. That's why I give. I see Christ here. This week, I don't know if you caught the stewardship video emailed out this week in it one of our youth over here somewhere talked about the trip they took this year and how it wasn't just a choir trip but they scaled up the mission component of the trip and that was new and they said in the video how important that was because people my age don't just do that kind of thing we went into a neighborhood, she said, where, where we saw the way some people were living that we've not seen before, many of us. <clears throat> it was eye-opening. But we didn't just, just go in there and look. We, we got in there and, and met them and began a relationship and we helped them. We improved their garden. We improved how they were able to live. And we learned from them. I don't know a lot of kids my age who do that kind of thing, but my church does. I don't think that's some kind of random act. It's the Holy Spirit that I see. Right after the sermon, we're going to have the rest of our new members join this morning, some at 9 some are joining at 11. They're going to make a commitment of themselves to be part of this church. I don't think they're doing it just because they read somewhere that you're supposed to. I believe it's the Holy Spirit. When our deacons go and visit someone in the hospital or they visit someone in their home because they can't get out of their house and they maybe take a flower from the sanctuary from worship this morning and they go and they, they wrap their arms around them and in essence tell them we're with you, we're praying for you. 
When someone comes out of a small group discussion or a, or a Sunday morning class and I hear them say, I've never thought about God like that before. When a kid comes up to me after worship and has a piece of paper in their hand and that bright look on their face and they say, look, I drew a picture of God today. I don't just hear that stuff and sit there and think to myself, oh, that's all nice and swell. No, I say, there goes the Holy Spirit. Watch it happen. For this is the place where God sets a fire under your feet, the feet of your faith. This is the place where Jesus turns your heart around and sends you in a different direction. This is the place where the Holy Spirit turns your why into why not. This is the place. When you come forward in a minute and put a bunch of cards in the bowls, I don't think you're doing it just because you think you're supposed to. I think that somehow you know that when you do that, you are standing beneath the cross standing beneath the cross and you find yourself digging deep into your pockets and giving with all you've got this church this wonderful beautiful imperfect messy faithful family seeks to be led by the Spirit to power beyond ourselves where our greatest wish is that God so fill our hearts with the love of Jesus Christ that there's no room for anything else no room for hate. Not now. Not ever. That's why Canyon Creek. That's why.